0: Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and I'm joined by Sarah Riapel this morning. Uh, it is the morning of Thursday, February 24th. And of course, uh, overnight, uh, Russia commenced their invasion of Ukraine, uh, and we're seeing the market reaction to that. So I thought uh, it would be a great time uh, to get someone uh, with Sarah's background who, uh, who in, in constructing portfolios for millions of uh, of investors across Canada, uh, she has a perspective uh, not just on on what's happening in equity markets, but in fixed income markets, commodities, and such. Because she uh, she runs the full spectrum. So, Sarah, welcome. Thanks for your time this morning.
1: Thank you for having me. Lots going on this morning, as you know. Yeah.
0: Well, we we were we were originally going to talk about some of the some of what was going on in markets, anyways, and and some <laughs> shifts that you've been uh, some been making to. To portfolios in general, uh, but uh, what what would you like? Let's let's start with uh, with what's uh, in the news. Let's not bury the lead. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the on the Russian invasion and implications?
1: So unfortunately, we've been through a number of these types of events in recent years, and the one thing that we've learned is to, you know. Putting out a something in response uh, is is challenging because it'll probably be wrong within the first 15 mm-hmm. minutes after yeah. we, we put yeah. this out. So um, that said, let me share a couple of initial thoughts that I've sort of gathered from various places um, so far this morning. Uh, in the near term, this likely means that energy prices are higher, commodity prices are higher. Um, there's a risk off sentiment uh, in markets and um, there's probably a host of new economic sanctions coming for Russia. Um, you know longer term, we probably are going to see higher defense spending on, on the back of this um, prior to our, prior to our, sorry, i can't say that we're prioritizing um, energy security over climate change um because because the impact of of th- this on energy prices um, and supply and demand within the energy sector uh, and then an economic decoupling from Russia um, Western powers are going to put are probably going to put pretty significant sanctions on Russia. Um, to, in an effort to sort of effectively sever that country's access, access to global capital markets um, in response to this rising commodity prices, um, fiscal reforms uh, have allowed Russia to actually build a substantial foreign exchange reserve so they could probably withstand those sanctions for, for quite some time. Uh so there, it's going to be, remain to be seen how long this could potentially last. I actually spoke to Eric Lascelles this morning. I think you've had him on the podcast quite yes, a few times. Yes. And so to get his initial thoughts, uh, he said, this, is this invasion is worse than we had initially assumed. The global consequences of the damage to Russia's economy will be by itself fairly limited, um, given the small size of the Russian economy. But we do need to look at the effect the commodity prices is going to have um, on on other economies around the world. Um, you know, we think a lot is already priced into commodity prices in anticipation of this, and which is why they're not they're up sort of in the five percent range as opposed to potentially the twenty percent range because we've already um, yeah. put a lot of that within into prices already. So you know, it's going to be supply and and of natural gas from Russia to Europe, Europe will likely get cut um, initial street estimates uh, show that maybe the European growth is going to come down one to one and a half percent less significant drops in growth elsewhere around the world um, so it's you know a lot of moving parts a lot to consider with from an economic perspective when we're still digging through all of the data at this point
0: so so a lot lot to work through in the economy we're going to have higher commodity prices particularly in that in in energy uh, potential for slower growth so we've already been going through a corrective phase some of it as you said is a, is, is a lead into the anticipation that something was going to happen here we're not exactly sure what the scale was going to be but something was going to happen here uh, but a lot of the attention has been on inflation uh and, and and obviously this this doesn't help and and what the fed and other central banks around the world were going to do so it, does this shift in any way our expectations about what uh, what's going to happen on the inflation and central bank front it
1: it it does um, i spoke to dagmar afiliakowski this morning another frequent um participant in, yes. in 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 your podcasts her view is that this has important implications on the outlook for inflation Um, Our view was that inflation would begin to drop back to more normal levels in the back half of this year, and that may not be the case anymore, uh, given recent events. We expect that the Fed will likely go slower, given the implications on economic growth. Um, They may have to tolerate higher inflation, uh, perhaps even stagflation uh, in the near term. And we also have to consider that the risk of recession um, is now likely a little bit higher than it it was uh, a few days ago. Um, right now, it looks like markets are pivoting back to expecting one hike from the Fed in March uh, rather than two. So there was some thought that we would get 50 basis points out of the Fed. It looks like it's it's shifting back more like uh, 25 basis points. It's definitely going to be a balancing act for the Fed because the, they have to balance between the fact that we're going to see slower economic growth and that risk asset, assets are falling. But we're still going to have high inflation. And so... Should they be dealing, should they be hiking to deal with the inflation problem at the risk of harming an already vulnerable economy? So it's going to be a tricky situation that they're going to have to balance, and we'll have to see how the situation plays out.
0: Yeah, kind of a, a, a perfect storm of things uh, pulling together here, and, and it just makes it so challenging for them. And and, and also challenging for, uh, for equity markets, which we're seeing a fairly strong reaction yep. this morning after, again, markets already correcting. So... Uh, This is, as always, there's a there's a short term view and then we want to take a step, take a step back as investors and, and think about longer term what all this means. How do you pull that together, Sarah?
1: So we're certainly seeing risk off in in the markets right now. What that means is equity markets are down and bond yields are falling, which means bond prices are actually rising. So the S&P 500 is now in correction territory. Um, So much of this is is, is likely already priced in and and bond yields have fallen from, they were just over 2% a week ago, and we're down closer to 185 for a US 10 year um, as of this morning. And interestingly, bonds are doing exactly what we expected them to do in a diversified portfolio, right? Like we've always talked about them providing a ballast in times of equity market volatility, and and that's what they are doing today. So that's going to offset some of the pressure on returns in a a balanced portfolio. Um, So we've actually tracked um, these types of events for a long time. And I asked Eric Savoy to update some of that work that we've done. And it looks at what we call acts of war. Um, through history and the impact that that's had on markets. And so on average, the decline is uh, about 2.7% over five days after the act of war is initiated with a full recovery within 12 days. Um, you know, if you if you describe it as an external event, so there's some other types of events that we describe as external. The it's a similar pattern, although the it takes a little bit longer for for markets to recover after the initial event. On the bond side, we see the risk so you see the same kind of risk off pattern where bond yields decline over a fairly short period of time and then recover rather quickly. So as always, this time could be different. Um, in this particular case, it's hard to say how much of the sell-off is related directly to the Russia-Ukraine um, situation, as opposed to changing expectations around central banks. Um, so. It, you know, we, It's going to remain to be seen what's going to happen, but we still believe that from a longer term standf- standpoint, we tend not to focus on geopolitical conflict as having a long term impact on markets um, because there's, there's been plenty of conflict over time. The market has digested, adjusted expectations and then moved on from there. So we don't want this conflict to get in the way of our long term planning because frankly, it really hasn't in the past. We don't expect to in the future, but that's not to say we're not going to expect some continued volatility in the near term in markets.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's one of those ones where I, I've been getting a lot of questions from investors and advisors lately uh, that, that relate to, you know, why would I own fixed income right now? You know, rates are, rates are going up. you know What's the purpose? Uh, you need an event like this to remind you exactly why you have fixed income in a diversified portfolio, uh, because fixed income is, is what's working. And, uh, and, and, and for, for you, uh, you, would, which was the original purpose of our of our call today, uh, you've recently had had made <laughs> a shift in your asset mix, which favored fixed income. Interestingly enough, so can can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. So um, as bond yields were rising in in January, um, we decided to make some changes to the fixed income weight. And we actually moved cash to bonds. Um, We started that process in January. We moved 25 basis points when yields were around 1.9%. They had risen up to around 1.9% over the course of January. So we did a small piece then. And then a couple of days ago, uh, yields got over 2%. And so we moved another 25 basis points from cash to bonds at that time. And so we're still underweight bonds within the asset mix because of our long-term view that yields will rise over time. However, we are less underweight than we were a month ago because with the rise in yields, we thought a lot of the valuation risk in the bond market had, had come out. And so we thought it was a good opportunity to, sort of, to, to narrow that degree of underweight. Uh, so we still have um, higher than normal cash. We have more bonds than we did about a, a, a month ago, which is gonna help to cushion some of the impact on returns of this, uh, of this equity market sell-off.
0: And, and Sarah, I know you're, you're, you're a huge proponent of, of, of getting advice around your portfolio, diversification, taking a portfolio approach to investing. And, and again, we, you have highlighted all the reasons why that's so important at a time like this. Is is this an event where where investors should be acting? So when you're talking to friends, family, loved ones today, when they're calling you in a panic, as 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 uh, I've already gotten the call from mom this morning.
1: My dad is on my text at the moment. Yes. <laughs> the, the,
0: there, there you go. What 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 are what are you saying to them about uh, about what they should be thinking about right now? Is this a time to act, or is this a time? to just to, to sit back and let your portfolio, the way it's constructed, your overall investment plan, do what it was designed to do.
1: So this is what I told my father this morning when he texted me. I said, uh, please stop watching the headlines. Um, the markets will not look good today as they digest the headlines, but this should not promote you to act or panic and sell. You need to stick to the long-term investment plan that you so diligently prepared with your financial advisor. Um, you're, when you pre- prepare those plans, it's not with the eye to the next week or a month or even year. It's, it has a long-term view. And what's happening today should not impact your expectations for the long term. So you should just try to, as best you can, ignore the the noise and the volatility and stick to your long-term investment plans.
0: And that, uh, that calming voice is why we've got you on today, Sarah. You're, nobody does it better. So, uh, Sarah, I know a busy day. Let you get back to... Uh... to to looking over all the things that you have to look over on a day-to-day basis. And I really appreciate you taking the time this morning.
1: Great. Thanks so much. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended
0: to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.